Recently, I overheard someone say that an Australian bloke had secured the full licensing rights to the world-famous Hollywood sign. My first reaction was like, how? Why? My second reaction was, I've got to interview this bloke. It's a very Hollywood episode 481 of the award-winning small business big marketing podcast. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing stardom. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner who is well and truly overdue to create some amazing marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's exactly what we do around here. Plus, you can join our free Facebook group for some ongoing marketing discussion, accountability and support. I even do live Zoom kind of catch-ups with everyone just to sort of check in and see how everyone's going. All you need to do is search for the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook. Big episode today. We catch up with Adelaide entrepreneur Shane Yind, who's the guy you need to speak to if you want to use an image of the world-famous Hollywood sign in pretty much anything. And another motivated listener wins big in this week's monster prize draw for listening to 10 hours of me each and every day. Well, that's actually not why they win, but it certainly grabbed my attention as an opening line. They also implemented an idea from this show, which is pretty cool. As per usual, team, there's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Shane Yind specialises in licensing ideas in order to make a whole lot of dough. His company, Imagination Games, owns the licensing rights to the Battle of the Sexes, Deal or No Deal, Fifty Shades of Grey, amongst other well-known entities. But where it gets really, really interesting is the fact that this Adelaide-born serial entrepreneur has secured the licensing rights to the world-famous Hollywood sign. Like, how does that even happen? Who'd he bite off? Why'd he sell it? What did he pay for it? And how does he make money from it? So many questions. Well, fortunately, Shane agreed to join me from his Adelaide home just prior to heading back to his LA headquarters, where he answered all those questions and then some, including how he managed to find his way to the Playboy Mansion and Michael Jackson's Neverland. Now, as you're about to find out, Shane is quite the storyteller. Here he is recounting how he came to owning the licensing rights to possibly the most famous sign in the world. It's a long story. Um, I don't own the Hollywood sign. I license the Hollywood sign, but um, it's an interesting story all, all the same. Um, and uh, the I was living in Los Angeles. Um, we just sold our... Uh, um, the assets of our company or the sale of our company to uh, um, a, a big Canadian firm, actually. And uh, I was packing up my uh, house in Hollywood to move. And um, being a cinematographer, um, back when I was a, a whippersnapper, um, I 
um, actually tried to buy. Um, kind of, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I've got some pictures on my wall in my LA house at the Bali house, and I've got pictures of my Grange house in the LA house. And so I wanted to go. Hey, how do I find a great shot that reminds me of Los Angeles and my seven years living here that I could stick on my wall in Australia? And that was it. And basically, I. Um, looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and could never find something that you know was a piece of art for my wall, like a big piece of mm-hmm. art. And uh, you know, it's got postcard and this and whatever. So I took to the streets actually with uh, a guy who runs uh, Imagination Sound at the time. Um, he was working out of our LA office, and we went. You know what? Let's go. I'm going to go and shoot a picture. And, you know, I did all Sunset Boulevard stuff in black and white with the, the palm trees. And we worked out how we would you basically climb climb up to the Hollywood sign. And uh, now I know you're not supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, and you trip, trip off alarms and the police are there and helicopters and whatever. So here we are one morning at 4 o'clock in the morning in the dark, walking up in rattlesnake-infested territory um, up to the Hollywood sign. And um, in the dark, we were fine. And basically, I, sh- I set off a couple of really long exposure shots and um, we're running around, stepping over the scene of the sun coming up in Los Angeles. And the sun coming up in Los Angeles, it, it's, it's, a, you know, it's always furry. It's not crystal clear sharp. And this was just one of those crystal clear sharp days. I think it must have rained or done something. And it was just beautiful watching this thing come up and I was snapping these shots. And so I'd snapped a couple hundred pictures and eight of those and we went back to the office well, that was after we set the alarms off and the police were like you must leave now out of their megaphones out of the helicopter um <laughs> went back to the office and uh i'd um shown people at the office they went geez that's beautiful and i went yeah no it's pretty good isn't it <laughs> i was pretty proud of myself and uh you know people asked him for prints and um, then a friend of mine in london who works with a bunch of a-listers said you know what, I was telling someone about your Hollywood stuff, I showed them, they wanted to, um, uh, can they get a print? And so I'm like, cool, A-listers from London, yeah, cool, my shot's going everywhere. Um, then I had some time, I thought, I had my assistant, I was doing a, um, I'd been back in Australia for a bit then, I put together an exhibition um, and talk about marketing, the uh, I had an exhibition. It, there's a thing called Sala in Adelaide, which is a um, artists uh, exhibition where like 400 artists come out and put their stuff all around town in different cafes and things and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I went, I'm going to have an exhibition because these Hollywood signs, these Hollywood shots are fantastic. And uh, so there was eight or twelve of those, um, and uh, we put them at a winery called Chapel Hill down in McLaren Vale. We had a publicist on staff then, uh, looking after everything else uh, here, and uh, we basically put a helicopter on from one of the companies I'm involved in, and took all the journalists, hijacked all the journalists from writing about the 400 other companies, uh, to doing this story on Hollywood, and got the front page of this solar exhibition thing on the Hollywood sign, and sold a bunch of those and you know i was this was just a you know a hobby and uh, from there um we were trying to go hey these shots are so good we should load them up on you know one of these i stock shutterstock things and so my assistant at the time was trying to load them up on there and they wouldn't take them because they were infringing trademarks and we were like oh, that's strange everyone would like these shots 
And so we couldn't do it. I tracked down the, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, the Eiffel Tower is the Eiffel Tower and mm. all these d- different landmarks are not owned by anybody, whereas the Hollywood sign is actually a trademark owned by um, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. And so you can't, it's actually kind of funny, I didn't realise all of this, and you walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard, you can, you almost can't buy a souvenir with a Hollywood sign on it. You've got things with Hollywood written on it, but you don't have the Hollywood sign, as in the trademark. You know, everyone's got their own version of because they don't want to pay royalties. Um, 26 million people a year walk up and down there. And um, so I rang the Chamber of Commerce and they basically went, yeah, go away. Um, and, you know, they like doing big deals where, you know, someone wants to come and take a picture for, you know, a, a Chanel ad or something and charge them a gazillion dollars. And um, I said, well, hang on a sec, um, uh, you know, I'd like to license these rights. And they went, no, no, we don't deal with photographers, go away. And I went, well, I'm not really a photographer. I'm some guy that sells stuff to 85,000 retail stores. Um, and yeah, I eventually got them to basically put put a license deal together where I licensed the Hollywood sign rights. So, yes, own the photography right, rights of the Hollywood sign um, to commercialise those rights. And uh, then that that deal was done and it's been done ever since. What an amazing story. So just to understand, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, up until you approached them, were the ones saying to anyone that wanted to use an image of the Hollywood sign, give us some money. Uh, However, you've now bought those rights off the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and you're the guy who puts his hand out. Is that right? Well, sort of. I license those rights from the Chamber of Commerce, so we pay them royalties. So um, they're still making a quid? And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's their trademarks. It's no different than me licensing, um, you know, the Disney portfolio to put out, you know, products with Disney on it. Um, but we wrap ourselves around those things. And, you know, it's not my speed to sit down at the local markets and try and tell pictures of the Hollywood sign. You know, I've been, you know, over the time looking at big, bigger plans and, um you know, it's, it's, it was just one of those things. It's a, it's a great, the lesson from that is no one had ever asked. And Incredible. the people that did ask didn't push hard enough. And it was how you turn a no into a yes. And they're all sort of missions of mine in life. And you go, well, what a great, um, gone from uh, can't buy a shot for my wall to having some fantastic <laughs> shots for my wall to having a exhibition to hijacking the exhibition from 400 other artists by getting the journalist to write about you, which is free marketing, to uh, up, you know, trying to upload these things on Shutterstock to finding mm. out someone owned the rights to trying to get the rights to getting a licence deal done and eight years later we're here. <laughs> what did you pay for it, Shane? Oh, uh, you know, undisclosed. Come on, I have read a figure which I will share with you. You're not going to share? No. I heard 20 grand plus 8% of sales. Am I close? Um, to, to be honest, I actually can't remember the original oh. amount. I know it goes on it consistently. Um, it's more than 8% of sales, um, I'm sure. Most licence fees sit around 12 to 15. So, um, you know what? I, I wasn't prepared for this interview, or I have to check. We is have, is, is it know. fair to say that it was surprisingly inexpensive? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's the amazing part. Long time ago, that's all, and we have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of licensing agreements through this place. Well, I so, uh, otherwise, I, otherwise, I'd be on top of it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, we'll get to what those other licensing uh, licensing agreements are in a minute. What, what Having the license to the Hollywood site, what does that allow you to do? And give us an example or two 
of people who have approached you and said, here's some dough, we want to use the sign? It's more about commercialising, putting the brand on commercial products. Um, you know, do people go and take a picture of the sign and do whatever they want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about if we took those pictures that we take, we now have the biggest library, the Hollywood sign um, on the planet. Um, Where does that live? Somebody, on like a Getty Images or a, your own? Yeah, on a, on a private site, yes. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, we share that with the LA Tourist Bureau. We share that with the Hollywood um, Sign Society. You know, Hugh Hefner rang up and wanted a picture on his wall and we shipped him one from Australia because it was a special print run. Um, so, you know, it's all different. Um, we... Dipped our toe in the water. I, I just got to stop you there, Hugh Hefner. Tell me about that call. Who's who does Hugh Hefner call? Hugh Hefner didn't call us, but it's sort of like uh, his people talk to our people. Who he talked yeah. to Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner, the number one ticket holder of the Hollywood sign, wants one of these for his uh, in the mansion. Uh, can you organise it? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> it's on its way. It's on its, it's way. on its way, Mr. Hefner. And and Shane, please tell me that part of the deal is what you negotiated. You know, maybe a, a membership to the mansion. Um, I'd actually been there a couple of times before. Of course you had. Um, <laughs> um, for different things, actually. But uh, what are the uh, different the, things? Yeah. What are the different things, Shane? Uh, I went to one of those summer night thingy parties. Oh, the and, old uh, summer night party sounds like something out yeah. of Greece. Very innocent. <laughs> summer yeah, loving. It was kind of, first time you played by ranch. It's actually kind of kind of interesting. You're sort of like walking around and. You know, you're at the. I took one of the youngsters from work with me, and we were like, "Let's go to the mansion." Um, we then invited it up. It's like cool, and there's a gazillion people there. But you're like walking around, and you go right in the grotto, and you're like, "Geez, if these walls could talk." Um, and you, the place is a bit of a dive, actually. And right. um, you're sort of walking around down the back, and then up the front stairs, and you're in the room, and there's a pool room. And, you know, it's just it's kind of really interesting. Um, you know what? It, it it only equals that to hanging going to Michael Jackson's. For his birthday party and hanging out at Neverland. You did that? I did. How? That's a long story. Hey. <laughs> we got a lot. Try um, and shorten actually, it to like, you know, like feel free to tell me how you got to Michael Jackson's 40th birthday party at his ranch, Neverland, in three minutes. Go. I've been, I've been there twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mick Jagger um, once said to me, never drop names. <laughs> well, you know, it's. It, uh, yeah, well, there you go. Um, uh, we're not name trolling here, but uh, it gets us back to marketing again. Mm. I, I started in the gaming business doing a game called Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes was promoted on the five state, five radio uh, capital cities in Australia. They played the game every day for three minutes. Then they told you to go to Kmart and buy it. Um, within one year, it was the highest selling game in the country, the number three selling game, uh, number three selling toy in the country. Mm. Uh, that year, I got an American Express card, went to America, um, stayed in the Wyndham Bellage, which is now the London. Um, the largest radio network in America at the time was Clear Channel. Their number one station was Kiss FM. <laughs> Kiss FM was Rick D's in the morning, Rick D's weekly top 40, you'd remember. From that, we went to uh, Rick D's used to play Battle of Sexes. Yeah. I took this thing over to to a guy called Von Freeman. Von Freeman, uh, who was the marketing director of Clear, um, who hired everyone from Ryan Seacrest back, uh, worked with uh, Rick Dees, 
he, I went over to see if he'd promote them on all of his radio stations, the same way we did in Australia, to, to monetize battle sexes. Um, I got there for the meeting. He didn't turn up. I went back to the hotel. By the time I got back to the hotel, he rang me and said, can you come back again? I had to go all the way back to Burbank. Um, I've become good friends with him over the years. Is this the story that leads us to Neverland? Yeah, 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 yeah. So one day, I'm now promoting 800 radio stations, Battle of the Sexes, every day in America. This thing's now number six in America. Von Freeman rings me up at a Saturday afternoon and says, we're taking the helicopter up with Rick Dees to Michael Jackson's house for his 40th birthday. Do you want to come? And I went, hell yeah. Why not? <laughs> that was it. Oh, Shane. So Shane, Rick Shane, Dees, Shane. Von Freeman, myself, and a guy called Shane Pike, also an Adelaide guy, yeah. um, are at Michael Jackson's 40th birthday party. This is crazy. You come in on a chopper, land in the backyard, if there is one, of Neverland. Does Michael do the moonwalk out to greet you? No. No. no I met him in his lounge room, actually. <gasps> Tell me about that. You, you walk in there and he's there, or are you seated like the Oval Office and he walks in? No, and... he, was, he, he was standing and I was with Vaughn, and, yeah, he was inside. There was a bit, you know, bunch of people outside, and they were getting his birthday cake all ready together. And, said, you know, it's weird. That... Hi, Shane. Yeah, it is. Hello. <laughs> Hello, mate. Michael. I know who you are. It's amazing. Yeah. What a great well, story. Good. I actually met him, I met him a second time yeah. and then I went to Neverland a, a second time without um, him being there. Did you um, have a sleepover? No. In fact, it was all a bit, uh, you know, this was all pre, um, oh. pre-thing, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was kind of a bit weird. Like, you know, the old cinema, walking into the cinema in there, the old Pinocchio thing up on the wall that he'd got from uh, wherever he got that Disney and you'd sort of, you know, the cinema with the bedroom suites and it's all just a bit it was Neverland right (laughs) isn't it amazing Shane I I do have one final question about the Hollywood sign but I'll I'll, I'll climb out of this rabbit hole in a minute but isn't it amazing where business takes us I mean you're a bloke from Adelaide I don't know you from a bar of soap you've got some great stories but clearly you've had a very very interesting life at the ripe old age of 52 it's a wonderful thing about running your own business don't you think do you know what I look at, in fact, we're having this discussion today. I look at my LinkedIn and it's sad. It's just like I've been at the same place for 34 years. Um, but it's been, you know what? I haven't worked it. Has it been tough lots of times? Sure. But you know what? I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I mean, the, the amount of things and deals and bits and pieces you've been involved, you know, I've been involved in, it's just, it's, you know, I wouldn't trade my life for the world. Mm. I, I, I want to pick that up. I just want to finish on the Hollywood sign because my OCD is forcing me to. Um, you, you, <laughs> you, because I, do, I just want to, I haven't spoken to a license, licensing person before. So you, you are making money by creating your own products and, and photography and selling it as opposed to having a whole lot of people coming to you and saying, can we license it? Is that right? Like, so you, what do you got? Snow domes and Snickers and Snickers, Snickers stickers yeah. and T-shirts and... <laughs> Souvenir market is, is it's huge. Yeah, okay. interesting. Um, I've been working on some bigger. Uh, you go in and you, you. How do we? How do? How do we sell? Yeah. How do you go to IKEA and do a global deal around oh, a theme of Hollywood for like three months around cushions, paintings, you know, frame pictures, things, stories around merchandise. Is that a deal um, you're working we, on? Yeah. That's awesome. But they're big deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, and then if the thing costs, yeah, $100 wholesale and $200 retail, you're paying a licence fee on $100. 
And, and Shane, those kind of partnerships like an IKEA, um, I mean, that's a great lesson for any business owner listening to striking partnerships that give you sort of amplification. Any any particular trick or secret to to ensuring they work or you get them? Just clarify that IKEA one is actually a different retailer, but that yeah. was a good example. Got it. Um, uh, but you know what? I used to be an in cameraman producer, then television uh, executive producer, and uh, from there I basically, you know, if you, I don't know if you remember, but Channel 10 went bust mm-hmm. um, or about to go bust. They were about to put it across the test pattern, um, and they gave us the weekends to play with, and we basically were a couple of young punks that, you know, I'd been a cameraman and built up a production, small production company, and... Um, uh, we basically, for the price of three ads on a Saturday, um, if we took those three ads that really couldn't, you know, I can't remember what the numbers were, but let's say they cost 500 bucks each, so it was 1500 bucks of ads. If we could go and sell them to Coca Cola for 15 grand and make a show for 30 minutes that represented, which is what they call brand funded TV yes. these days. Um, we were like the precursor to that. It was like Gillette um, Wide World of Sports. Correct. But even more than that, deeper into the brand values, deeper into, you know, if Coke was going to wrap themselves around surfing for the world, how does we get, you know, how do we market to those surfers? Okay, let's spend 10% of our whole media budget on owning surfing. How does this TV and TV stuff from around the world and attachment to all the heroes in surfing? Um, I grew up doing all that stuff. So we basically went, you know, we were one of the only companies at the time, um, a company called Beyond America. Imagination, um, which beyond was beyond 2000, uh, something I've worked on. Uh, we became a uh, joint venture in there to do brand funded stuff. Would I? Am I right in thinking that the one of the last supers you would see on some TV shows was, you know, uh, produced by on by Beyond Imagination? Or am I? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So I, well, I get what you do. So you, you, you're really. I'm answering my own question here, going back to how do you strike those deals? But act, what you're saying is, it's the idea. I mean, you go to an Ikea with the Hollywood sign idea or you go to Coke with the surfing idea, whatever it is. It's all about the idea and the rest should fall into place. Yeah, I mean, yes. And, you know, track record helps you over time. I mean, you look back at, you know, in the game business, for instance, you look back last year and Block Monopoly was ours. That was the second largest prize in television history in the world. Um, the You know, it outsold the whole game business here in 12, 14 weeks. Again, that was a great idea, but it's all execution, right? But getting how these things started, I guess, we were making TV we couldn't afford to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd lose money. So I started working on, in surfing, we ended up getting money for making T-shirts and surfing merchandise um, and selling merchandise. So I learned about retail and buying things and getting license fees, being the licensor and licensing that onto my Grace Brothers to do T-shirts, for instance. So we learned to do that, then got into sort of games and bits and pieces. But you know, with games, for instance, I rang the guy at Kmart and I still talk to him today. Um, and I said, hey, I've got an idea for a game around this Battle of Sexes concept and we'll promote it on five cap cities. And the guy went, yeah, yeah, get lost and hung up. Um, and I went, oh, geez, that didn't work. <laughs> and so I rang his boss the next day and went, Bernie, who 
maybe listening to this on a Virgin Jet somewhere, um, and said, uh, hey, I don't know why he hung up on me, but this is a really good idea. <laughs> and uh, got summons to Melbourne the next day, went to Melbourne, out to Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. walked in and got taken to the cafe and went, oh, dear, this has all gone bad. And uh, I walked out of there with Bernie and Nick going, we'll take 10,000 of them. And that year it was the highest selling game in the country, outside wow. Monopoly. Wow. So that's what you off, do. Yeah, off of three minutes of radio playing Battle of Sexes with one giveaway saying go to Kmart and buy it. Marketing, bam. I really don't know how to describe you. I mean, this whole interview, Shane, came around by the fact that someone said to me at a conference recently, hey, did you know there's an Adelaide guy who owns the, the licence to the Hollywood sign? I'm going, well, I need to talk to him. Um, you are clearly an entrepreneurial spirit. How, how would you describe yourself in business? Ah, uh, serial entrepreneur. Hustler? I guess. Uh, um, I, I, you know what? I'm basically just a serial entrepreneur. I find value in the grey areas, joining the dots. Mm-hmm. You find value in the grey areas. Give me an example. What do you mean the grey areas? Well, it's usually in between something. You know, your value's not doing what everybody else does. You know, one of my favourite sayings is, you know, if you you are, you only get get sore arms by trying to catch other people's waves, and so, you know, when you're joining the dots together and putting, you know, making all the it's like making an engine work, right? You get all the cylinders firing together, the hole is big, and you know, you get a lot of power. You get, you know, one of the cylinders ain't working and not working, and then if you think about what we did in the early days, you know, we had. Battle of Sexes was a radio contest, which was a number one mobile game, which was a number one website in Australia for two and a half years, mm-hmm. which was a TV show. That's 360, right? That's what everybody calls 360 across all these platforms. We were, I was doing that 25 years ago. It was basically using all the silos of the business in sync to deliver an outcome. Got it. When you look at other, other businesses, Shane, other small businesses who are trying to have a crack, what comes to mind where you say, oh, they're just not – finish this sentence for me. They're just not getting blank right. It's a, a hard game of Mad Libs. Um, I think it's understanding your customer and listening to start with and understanding the proposition of what you've got if they're not getting their marketing right. Um, you know, I mentor a lot of young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and – a lot of the times, it's what you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And I look at, you know, someone who's doing beauty, um, skincare products, and you look at it and go, right, oh, you've got 30 stores, your pistol per week's are all right. You know, you're marketable, you're 30-odd, good-looking, healthy, great products. You should be on fire. And you sit there and go, they just don't know what they don't know. You go, how about we do this? How about we, you know, attach it to this, the story to that? You know, we need this celebrity, we need this brand, we need to do X. And suddenly from 30 stores to 8,800 stores, that business is just changes itself, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's growing up. So I guess it's really about... Yeah, find yourself a mentor and people that have done these things before because there are people out there, you know what we, I say that to my stuff every day, it's just what we're doing is not brain surgery. Um, It's just 
a process. And I think I look back and go, yeah, I've done things out of the box and I was dogged and I didn't give up and yeah, some days I wish I had. And But most of the time it's just pushing it against the grain. So I think you know, there are a lot of people out there that have the answers and I should have done it earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, from the day I tried to work out what a barcode was, there are people that have, you know, it's, there's thousands of products in stores and people know the answers to all these things. So it's reach out and find yourself a really good group of people that mm. can help you. Yeah, I think it's great and, advice. There's, there's so many people like you that I've spoken to who have lent in, in order to grow have gone, I don't know about barcodes or I don't know about marketing or I don't know about something, you know, human resources. Go and find someone who does. Uh, I was talking to Andrew Banks, one of the sharks on Shark Tank, and he said exactly that, you know, don't try and recreate the wheel when others have already created it. Do you know what? We all have battle scars. I mean, I, if I can sit there and have a discussion about what didn't work you know, 21 years ago and why we tried this and that price point didn't work and that communication didn't work and I know what works and what that doesn't. It's just, it's just battle scars, right? Mm. And, you know, Banks is a great, great, you know, he's an unbelievable Australian, Australian success story and mm. you know, I've caught up with him a couple of times. In fact, I'm invested in one of the same things he is. And uh, you're right, there are people out there that know all the answers. It's really... When you get to people like myself, I have a playbook, which is that person for publicity, that person for photographs, that person for sound, that person for, you know, interactive stuff, that person for thing. And you basically get your own kit of people around you that are, you know, it's like if you're making movies, right? You work with that lighting guy, that makeup person, that this person. You just, and that comes with, you gather those people on your bus along the journey. Yeah. And so if you find someone that's been on that journey, they've got a bus full of contacts. Mm. I think the Hollywood side story, even though it's only a component part of your business, is a great story. It is a good story. And it's great that it's owned by an Australian, which I think is particularly funny. I did want to ask you, before we left the Hollywood side story, when you heard that Tarantino was coming out with a film called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did you at some point go, he's going to call, he's going to call, he'll want to use the sign? I don't think he ever did, did he? No, no, oh. no calls on this end. <laughs> that, that would have been nice. Hey, buddy, thank you. you. You're a hard man to track down in terms of, um, you know, where can I direct people uh, for further information? They could go to imagination.com.au. That is a one-page website that details what you do. Anywhere else we can send listeners who are interested in finding out more? Oh, mate, they can tap you and uh, you can pass them on the details. Um, I'm a man not of that mystery, Shane Yeen. You know what? We just have a publicist and you basically tell everybody what you're doing and it's fantastic. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, Australia loves to, you know, uh, have a crack sometimes. And uh, you sort of go, you know, it's sometimes easier just to stay under the radar. People only knew some of the stuff we were up to and, you know, work across about 28 different entities. Um, it's, it, it's really, yeah, it's nice that people, you know, unless you go crawling through ASIC, it's, it's you wouldn't know that I was a third shareholder and a director of eight, uh, nine aviation companies. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Nice way to yeah. be. So, hey, Shane, thanks yeah. for sharing, buddy. Really appreciated. No worries. <laughs> well, there you go, team. Hollywood sign license owner, all-round raconteur, and clearly international man of mystery, Shane Yind. Hit me up if you would like an intro. I do love the stories about the Playboy Mansion and Neverland. Certainly never thought I'd use those two places in the same sentence, but I have. So many jokes there, so little time. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Shane. 
Attention grabber number one. I love the way Shane comes up with ideas by taking a full 360-degree view of the business. I think we can all learn from that. So when you do have an idea for the business, think about not only how it impacts on your marketing, but maybe your people, your clients, the interior design of your office. I don't know. Just look at every aspect of your business and see whether the idea can impact it in a positive way, of course. Attention grabber number two. I totally agree with Shane's view that as business owners, we need to fully and deeply understand our customers a whole lot more and what they need. Spend time thinking about it, having empathy for them. How are they feeling about your business, about your industry, about your niche? Are they nervous? Are they excited? What does success look like for them? These are the questions that you need to be asking in order to understand who you want to sell to. Attention grabber number three. I love Shane's idea of creating a playbook that contains the best person for every job you need done in your business. Um, you may already do it. You may have an informal sort of playbook. It's like an old Rolodex, isn't it? Little black book. But having that one person, that one specialist that you love working with in every aspect of your business and put it down into a playbook. Love it. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, be sure to block out some time and you know what to do implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Yep, it's time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action as a result of listening to this show. And today's winner is... Liam Shepard of surfboard case startup boarded.com.au. And Liam says, Hey Timbo, I'm making the world's first surfboard case and I fell into your podcast world two months ago. Well, welcome, Liam. I listened to 10 hours of you all day at work. I'm roughly 350 episodes in. Get a life. <laughs> no, not true. Not true. I love the fact that you do that. Have me on repeat. I've listed pages and pages of notes, but I think the main pieces of advice is to have a human face to the company and show appreciation to those who give you business. So true. So, so true. I can't wait to launch our pre-sales at boarded.com.au this year and put all your teachings into play. I can't thank you enough, Timbo. Maybe one day, one day, I'll be interviewed by you and thank you in person, but until then, may your beautiful business turn into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. They are beautiful words, Liam. I might borrow them. Who writes your stuff? Liam Shepard, boarded.com.au is where you'll find him. Check him out. He's in pre-sale. Go and register if you want a surfboard case. I think that's a great idea. And he says, P.S., my company email address is coming. Yes, well, you know my views on, you know, at Yahoo or at Hotmail or at Gmail. It's lazy. Anyway, you're in startup mode. I get it. Liam, you have won a keep cup, 30 bucks of value, a Flowhive pollinator, 79 bucks, boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, that's 40 bucks, access to Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, 197 bucks, $50 Snackwise sample box, a full range of Liars non-alcoholic spirits that's valued at over 500 bucks, 12 bottles delivered to your door. $50 Sendal voucher, $100 to buy, or $100 voucher to buy some tradies undies. A promotion on this show and a backlink in the show notes. Everyone else, why don't you enter? 
send me an email, tim at timreid, R-E-I-D, dot com dot au. Tell me just one idea you've entered, you've, you've implemented, I should say, from listening to this show, what impact it's had on your business. And if I read it out on air, you win. Before we wrap things up, just a reminder, you will find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more episodes full of ideas to grow your business over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're getting value from listening, please let other business owners know about the podcast. Next week, we catch up with a world-famous cartoonist who's written a book about how to get a meeting with anyone. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, produced by Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thank you so much for tuning in. Now get out there and take action.